And welcome, Rooster Boosters, to Rooster Booster Time with the big guy, Scott Ferrara. Um, it's episode 18. Uh, we're pushing out a lot of content in the offseason, and I'm trying to get you some uh, some good interviews with some players. So today we actually have Kirk Hamilton. Kirk was, I think, you, were you on the inaugural team, the 2018 team with the exhibit, right? Because yep. I remember, okay, it's I remember good. you playing. Yeah, I thought you were on the field at Mozilla playing against the, uh, Ontario. Um, so he he's an OG rooster. Um, thanks for being on the show, Kurt. Happy to be here. Thanks for having awesome. me. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, couldn't wait. We were trying to work out our schedules to get you on. Um, I really wanted you on. Uh, you're one of those guys, like I said, original rooster, um, hardworking guy. You, you, you got some good minutes in Austin this season, which was nice to see. Um, so I'm going to go right into it. So besides the, the big theme of this off season has been what people do outside of rugby because of COVID. So, so what do you, what kind of work do you do? What do you do outside of rugby? So I do it services around uh, the cloud um, in a consultative role. So I don't want to name drop any companies, but I work with a a lot of different companies that are leveraging cloud services and and look out for ways that they can spend money and and change the, the way that they're doing things today so that they can leverage services to save them money in a long term fashion as well. Great. That's awesome. You know, again, with COVID, people having to work from home, people having to work virtually, I'm sure your services are highly sought after. I mean, just the explosion of, of what's going on. And I'm sure there's a lot of little companies that are probably looking to integrate that now that didn't have to do it before. So it's actually, it's nice to see again, doing something outside of rugby. You know, it's not always about the sport. Um, I might, the follow-up question is just popped in my head. Are you part of the little uh, Rooney rooster coder club that they had? <laughs> no, but I am a fan of the fact that that exists. Um, I hate coding. I, I know, I know yeah. just enough about coding to know that I hate it. Um, but I do, I do still exist in a technical role. So I'm more on the architectural side of things, and that's more on the development side of the house. So got it. So, yeah, for uh, those I definitely you, help a lot of people. Yeah. I love that stuff, but. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and if you guys go back to a past episode with Coach Greg McWilliams, he was saying that, that one of the things that Rooney provided um, was a little coders club just to, to get the guys uh, intellectually going and keep their mind uh, sharp. Um, they didn't want people to you know lose that and uh, actually lose their sanity while they were stuck inside for COVID. So it was a great <laughs> little – I mean, I thought it was interesting. Again, I have no technical thing. I can't – I can work the computer here, but that's about it. Um, so I just found it interesting. Too, though. Yeah, and that's another. I'm not, dude. The big guy's not creative. Um, I failed art. Yeah, I failed art multiple times. I don't know how you fail art, but I, I did it. Um, as far as music, I tried uh, the saxophone for about five days, and then I was told, "Don't play an instrument." By the teacher. I mean, no teachers are supposed to encourage. So, well, to, for, for to break out of their role of encouragement and be like, just just do something else. That's why I'm an accountant. My brother, on the other hand, you know. Guitar player, he's an artist, he does all the stuff, so I, the genes must have split at that point. <laughs> Get in where you fit in, though. I'm not mad at it. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. You got to do – listen, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this, right? I'm, I'm, cre- I'm a content creator, as they call it, I guess. Um, so my second question is actually um, centered around uh, Rooney. You had a truncated season, you know um, – uh, five games played. None of them were at home, unfortunately. I'm going to say that in every episode because the big guy's upset. Um, but seeing you guys play, it was nice. Um, you guys were starting to come together. That San Diego match was really, even though the, you guys lost the match, 
it was one of those matches where you put it all out there. It wasn't like a mistake-filled match and you let the game slip away. Uh, you played competition that was just as good, and they had the edge. Um, so going into a, a match like that, where you know that you're going to be facing competition that's that good, what kind of butterflies do you get if you get them? And um, what? How do you help? Uh, how do you make them subside like pre-match? Uh, that's a very interesting question. Um, so I don't. I'm a, a weird person, I guess, and I don't really have any pre-game rituals. I kind of just do whatever I feel like doing. Um, but I do tend to kind of quiet down and keep to myself and, and listen to music and kind of be at peace with myself. And the only time that I'll ever really have any kind of butterflies is literally that minute, like lining up for kick out or getting that call of like, cool, you're going to get subbed on. And then it's, I mean, it's a switch. It's, it's a, now that we're having this conversation, I'm realizing that it's something that translates directly into my (laughs) professional life, but it's like (laughs) the sink or swim mentality where like flip the switch and that's it. Like you, you, the time for questioning, what you know, what you don't know, whether you're actually able to do what you're set up to do, it doesn't matter. You're here now. So if that that's really what I guess I, I thrive on is just being able to allow myself to be in that moment and just enjoy it. And I think for most, I would say for most professional athletes, you've now been playing the sport for such a long time. You're not really going to pick up something that's unusual. Um, Unless you're Ben Foden and you have a crappy bounce at a, at a, on a rugby pitch, um, but but generally, you know, especially off the kickoff, you're not going to have anything unusual. But it's funny you're, you 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 have now said it. Rob said it. Mikey Brown said it, and I think Butch all said that. Really, they don't have butterflies as much as they have that little one minute adrenaline rush right before kickoff, just to get. And once that first hit comes in, and once they enter that first breakdown, it's just kind of second nature. You know, everything kind of turns on. Um, so I think part of that might be the the forward mentality too, because the yeah. the group that you named specifically, like we've all known each other for a, a decent amount of time. Where like mm-hmm. at th- those would never be people that I would question diving into a ruck recklessly just to make sure that we kept the ball or anything like that. So I think that's that's part of it too. Is that that confidence of like even if you're not confident, like I know these guys. Like I mean, mm-hmm. which is in video games, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was funny. Who the heck was I? Oh, somebody on Instagram. It was it was Hanko's sister posted a oh, picture okay. of his his character. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw it on Rugby Twenty. Yeah, on Instagram on Rugby Twenty, and I was like, that's funny. And you know, I, I have a couple friends. I have one pl- a friend who plays in the NHL. I had a couple friends who play in the NFL, and it's funny. I never thought to look at like their player card in the game until she did it for Hanko. I, I'm like, you know what? I should have done that. Like, it's it's unusual they gave to have good that. rating. They gave they gave Hanko a pretty good rating in that game. Well, listen, when you're like you know taken steered down by the the the, the head, come on. <laughs> The strength is, I mean, let's be honest. If you were going to have a combine and you had the 225 bench press, Hanko could put it up there a lot. You know, he's he's just built that way. He's he's built like a cowboy. Like Hanko, Nate, and Butch just sit down and just meet headed out on a on a bench competition. It's funny. Just watch Harry sitting off in the corner getting upset (laughs) because he can't be a part of it. (laughs) Doing his hair like a back because Harry's all about his hair. You know who? Okay, I'm going to name a back right now who I think could contend with those three guys, and you could tell me if I'm wrong. Will Leonard, I think, could hold his own in a bench pressing contest. He's a pretty strong dude. But he's I mean, built I have to like take a, my pose. 
<laughs> no, I know, but I'm just I, I'm gonna be biased. But that's yeah, no, it, Will Strong. Yeah. I mean, I think again for viewers who aren't on pitch side, you know, when I have been on pitch side with you guys in some exhibition games, you actually get to see. First of all, I'm short. I'm like five ten to begin with, so pretty much everybody's taller than me except for Marcus Walsh. So right there, I'm I have to look up at a lot of people. Um, but Will, I didn't realize how big and broad he was for being a backline player. Um, Nate, obviously, his height. I mean, don't get me wrong. Alex and Trevor are tall but Nate has like two or three inches on them. Um, Charlie Hewitt was actually at just almost just, just as tall as Nate. I was surprised. I mean, you know, again, anybody that tall is surprising to me because I'm short. And the amount of mass Matthew Bastro had and how quick-footed he was. It's a always, big man. And he, correct me if I'm wrong. He was quick. Like, he wasn't the slowest guy on the team being probably the biggest. But it was like in a box. Like he'll, yeah. he'll tap you in like an elevator, and then you go to hit him, and the ball's gone. And you know what? I think it's one of those things where he was so confident that one guy wasn't going to end that, like start a new phase with him, that he can just have that stroke of turn around, see who it is, and just boop offload, knowing that he's going to take a second guy to really bring him down in, into into a, a breakdown. Um, but yeah, I just I. Did, until I got on the, the sidelines this year, I didn't realize how big – I mean, you're a big dude. You're a big, strapping young man. Um, Kyle Sumption, <laughs> same thing. You know, so I was just like – I mean, and don't – I'm a big dude too, but like, you know, you guys th- – this is why you're playing professional rugby and I was stuck playing Division Four in college and then never playing again. So um, so talking about physicality, things like that, uh, this is a question I've asked every rooster. So do you have a pregame meal that you like to eat or do you have – like I know Butcher does the intermittent fasting, so for him it was more of just getting to the point where he could eat, depending on game time. You know, Mikey Brown and, and Rob both were just kind of like, you know, a piece of toast in the morning and then maybe like a power bar. But did you have like a meal you ate? They're a bunch of liars. Do not let them lie to you like that. <laughs> they do not do not eat like granola in a power bar. That's what they told That's me. Nonsense. That's nonsense. Go back, they go back to the last couple episodes. <laughs> They eat breakfast like regular human beings. <laughs> well, I mean, according to them, they drink a lot of water and yes. eat like, you know, Lance Armstrong, and, you know, while I mean, he's on a bike. To be fair. Uh, but, I mean, yes, the, the water piece, the hydration is definitely something that I think all of us start at least a day out because it's yeah. by the end of a game. I mean, there was times – one of the games in San Diego, they, they weigh us like before and after to see how much after. water we've lost. And like, I, there are times where I've played 10 minutes in a game and lost 12 pounds mm-hmm. and like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta drink that back. So, uh, hydration is definitely something that we take very serious and, and drink a ton of water. Uh, in terms of a, a personal pregame meal, I, I just try and eat a big meal. If it's a, a game that's earlier in the day, I'll eat lighter. Um, but if it's a night game, I'll like eat a massive meal for breakfast and then just kind of pick the rest of the day uh, and more, focus more on the hydration. Because in the morning you wake up dehydrated anyway, so I kind of just let that be what it is. Eat a bunch of food and then try and catch up with the hydration yeah. throughout the day. And you know, maybe maybe Mike and Rob, in in their point of view, they weren't in- including breakfast in their meal. You know, yeah. maybe they had already, you know, maybe they, you know, because I did say like before a match. So in their head, before a match could be an hour before the match. So I mean, if you had a match at five p.m. and you ate a huge breakfast, you might not. So I mean, I could see where they yeah. might be eating a huge breakfast and, and didn't answer that question 
like that. Yeah. Um, but you actually had you brought up the, the hydration. And this is a question I've never asked anybody before. How do you like the hydration breaks? How do you like is there a consensus that the hydration breaks um, in, in mid half are, are a good thing? So I always thought that they were commercial breaks. I didn't know that those were supposed to be player centric. So hearing it framed that way, I guess it's not bad because there are definitely times where playing a 40 minute half, like in New Orleans or something like that, it's hot. Like you doing that in one swing is not fun. Mm -hmm. um, so in, in terms of the hydration breaks, I imagine all it's going to do is improve the overall like player safety. You're going to have players that mm -hmm. aren't cramping and pulling muscles because they take one extra step on a leg that's already cramping or something like that. Um, but I do think it does kind of change the the flow of rugby, right? It's it's a game of attrition. It's not supposed to be fun. Um, but I mean, we're Americans, right? We do things our way and we, we figure out how to how to make it so. And you know, it, when MLR first started, they said it was a hydration break. And granted, you can have commercials during that break. <laughs> um, but I, I do think it does help with player health. And I think what it does also is I had this, who'd we had this discussion with? I think it was Blake Rogers recently on one of my other shows. And I was talking about um, officials. Yeah. He's, oh, <laughs> he got it all nice now. Like he got it like real good now. It's, it's, it's the, the mullet right now is ridiculous. Um, I'm waiting for him to start doing like braids part of the way through it or something. Crazy. No, he's it's like bowl, like legit bowl cut in the front, like uh, uh, Tiger King, like Tiger he's King in the front. So long. Yeah, but this was like I guess you know in California they opened up for five weeks, so he went and he he got it done tight, and then now they're closed, so it'll probably grow out a little bit. Um, but I noticed officials were weren't as proactive in speaking to players about their health on the field. And we had seen it uh, in 2019 with a couple of roosters. Um, Ross Deacon uh, definitely had something going on in one of those matches where maybe somebody should have stepped in on him. So I think also the hydration break is there to, for your medical staff to go up to you and, you know, just kind of, you know, how you doing, how you feeling, you know, stuff like that to, to make that determination because as a rugby player, just like any other athlete, you might not take yourself out in that situation. So I just thought it was interesting that um, that's something that we do in the MLR. Um, and I thought there, that that's an underlying thing besides the hydration and commercials that, that they want. Um, What's really interesting to me about that, though, is that even though there's standards like that in MLR, there aren't in club rugby still. Yeah. It's like there's no, like, concussion protocol in clubs. So if you get completely knocked out, there's no, like, protocol for exactly what's supposed to happen from that point forward. And, and at this point where you see it now on in the broadcast of an NFL and a CFL game, the guys get evaluated in a tent. The person's in the tent. They take their yep. helmet away if they're not going to play. And to be honest, we have that protocol in youth football for 12-year-olds. We take your helmet away and you get, you, know, you, you get looked after by a medical professional. And if the medical professional deems that you're not going to play, you are done for the day. And then because they're children, they go to the hospital to get an actual workup. I mean, if we could do it for professionals in the NFL and we could do it for 12-year-old football players, club rugby should be doing something. USA Rugby should should have something. I always felt they, they talked about that blue card where the referee can give somebody a blue card and send them off and, and get a substitution because the referee notices something. Um, I think that's a good thing. I think it, it forces the referee to use that. And then when something happens, they can be held accountable. How come you didn't use the blue card? 
And then it's one of those becomes one of those teachable things. Like they show them, okay, this person was obviously had an issue. You didn't notice it, or whoever didn't notice it. Now we have to teach our guys to notice it. I think that it overall helps with player safety in a sport where you get nicked up a lot, and sometimes yeah. you get nicked up twice in the first half, and then in the second half it becomes an injury and not just a, a nick. Um, so what, that's, what do you that's about, one thing that is yeah. super interesting to me about that that kind of stuff is as a consumer or a viewer, right? Those are things that annoy people. Like, oh, I have to take a break because so and so got got knocked out on the 20 yard line. Um, I mean, it's, it's always interesting to me weighing that in terms of being able to have a, a finished product that people are going to enjoy watching and enjoy the, the overall flow of um, and, and balancing player safety, right? Like at the end of the day, these are human beings. And I feel like there's a lot of times where that gets fractured a bit um, mm-hmm. where at the end of the day, even if they're fine with, they just pulled a muscle or something like that. All that kind of stuff builds up, right? It, we're all humans. Mm-hmm. The person that you're watching getting laid out on the 20 yard line is going to be a 40, 50 year old dad someday. And <laughs> yeah. it probably could have health consequences from that stuff. So Absolutely. that, I mean, we were talking about before about the, the risk reward, like no one is so good at rugby that you get to, to step outside of that. You know, and it's, <laughs> it's um, funny because, you you the way you put it where people get uh, angry about the broadcast because they have to wait you have been and i have been that guy who got laid the fuck out on the 20 yard line so <laughs> I, mean, I think i think for certain people who've been in that situation it's different i mean my father played hockey and played college hockey he and he played college he played high school hockey when they didn't have to have a helmet then in college, you had to have a helmet, but you didn't have to have a face mask. So in high school, he, he broke his – yeah, he, he had a, a fractured skull. And then in college, he broke his jaw. I don't think people understand how insane hockey is. Like, I've tried to explain <laughs> this to my wife so many times. They're like, you're going like 30 miles an hour on concrete. Like, and, if you and, fall down on that ice, it is a, an it ender hurts. for you. <laughs> it hurts. And 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 guys are so fast now, just to go on a tangent, because I'm a big hockey guy and I played hockey my entire life. You can hit a guy, and the angle in which he goes in the boards could paralyze him for life, and it was nobody's fault. Like, it could just be a, he catches an edge as you're going in to hit him, and you can't stop, and he can't stop. And the, you, you've actually seen that, and because guys are bigger, faster, stronger, it's – it's. I don't, people, I don't think people realize the violence of action on the ice and, and how quickly and, – and I mean, think a guy – Zdeno Charles, the size of Nate Brakely on skates. You know, think about think about Nate Brakely coming at you on. That's so terrifying. he's already six eight. Now he's seven feet tall in skates and and you know coming full speed at you. Um, can we can we have a video now since Nate is squatting full trees at this point? Can we have a video well, of watching him race someone on skates? I was surprised. You know, listening. I'm going to give uh, Harry Bennett's podcast, uh, the Rugby Player Pod, a shout out. Listening to that interview, he talked about playing football, but he didn't talk about playing hockey. And I figured, from Mass- you know, being in Massachusetts, when you come out of the womb, you're issued skates, gloves, and a, and a stick. So I was, I was like, huh. He he didn't mention any hockey, and then now I think he's staying up in New Hampshire. And I'm like, well, you figure, you know, you could play roller hockey. I mean, th- people don't realize in New England hockey is, is almost the be all end all up there besides the Red Sox um, themselves. But yeah, I think you get, I think Perry could play hockey because Perry was a, a tri-state kid like myself. And, you know, a lot of tri-state kids play hockey. Um, I mean, I honestly, I think he's Rudy a would have a decent team. Perry. Yeah. 
And well, that's the other thing too. Best rugby players I ever played with were all wrestlers, just because they know that art of the takedown, you know. And the best scrum half I ever played with, this kid Dave Silva, was just—I mean, five, like Rudy, five foot nothing, a hundred and nothing, but he could take down Matthew Bastro if he wanted to. Now, I'm not saying it wouldn't have been a train wreck, but he would have gone <laughs> back to the ground. <laughs> it would have been there would have been a breakdown. Now, if that breakdown yeah. happened 20 yards later, it's you know, but. It, it's interesting. I think Rudy would actually have a decent hockey team if you could keep if you could teach the Irish how to skate. That might not be a bad uh, like preseason training. Get us get us indoors. It, it, it's probably yeah. pretty comfortable to standing outside practicing Seriously. outdoors. Yeah. So so that that's another question. So how did you like going to um to uh, the Seahawks facility on Staten Island versus going hey, to Randall's? Yeah. So I mean. If you're comparing it to Ramadals, it's incomparable. <laughs> uh, as, as, as many years as I've spent on, on Randall's Island, it's not a place that I enjoy going to. Uh, but no, the facilities they have there are great. Um, they definitely took really good care of us while we were over there. Um, the, the Honestly, the only thing I would ever complain about is us being outside when it's 10 degrees and hailing and I have like frost and snow in my beard. I'm, and then have I'm going to call you a baby on that one. I'm going to just have uh, to call you a baby on that one. I'm, Playing, I'm just saying it's not enjoyable. I'm not saying that I won't do it. <laughs> well, I guess the difference is playing collegiate rugby in Division Four. you can have a little nip in the middle of practice and nobody's going to say anything. But if you pulled out a bottle <laughs> in the middle of practice, Coach, Coach McWilliams would have a fucking conniption. But, you know, I, I guess I was just always used to it. Play, again, playing hockey, playing football in New York, and then going up to Massachusetts and playing collegiate rugby in the fall season. And even in the spring season, you know, we would go to um, Linden, what was it? Linden State College in Lindenville, Vermont, would have a uh, spring break um, tournament called the Snowball because up there it was still snowing in March. So I never actually went on spring break because we would always go That's to this tournament. It was one year, I swear to God, it rained and then it froze. And what they would do is they had like, um, a farm next door and the guy would let them rent the fields and they put up like four pitches. We got That's there and awesome. it was like glass, but it was like a sheet of ice. And I'll send you a picture later. Cause I have a picture of me on it. And it literally, the first couple matches were tough because you, you, you couldn't get traction. Your cleats weren't going through it yet. And then finally, after it warmed up, it became a mud fest, but it hurt going, you know, no, again, it, you didn't have any hockey equipment and you had metal cleats trying to get on ice. It was ridiculous. But anyway, I mean, that's I mean another part of the fun getting tackled yeah. on the cold, the cold ground. Oh, it was it, twenty degrees. Oh. Yeah, and and for people who don't know, the way they lay those grassy turf fields is there is a layer of concrete, then a couple layers of rubber, then the grassy turf, and then shoot up um, car tires in between. Act like um, uh, um, a drain, so that way the, the the grassy turf drains. But it hurts, especially when that 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 concrete's cold, and people uh, a lot of facilities well, don't have the what was it? I was gonna say even the I was gonna say even the blades when it's that cold out get bad because they're so stiff that if you yeah. land on it and you, unless oh. you land perfectly flat you slide a little bit Coming it's in. like a Brillo pad yeah it's terrible because uh, um I mean I know uh, at Columbia Old Blue have the bubble so I'm assuming yeah. just being that little temperature change which is probably only fifteen to twenty degrees really um but. Just that temperature change probably changes the way that the field plays. Um, but uh, so going back into a, a couple other things, uh, I want to. I got some cheese ball questions for you. So we're gonna go with what's your favorite sports movie? 
Uh, favorite sports movie. Uh, I'm gonna probably have to say Cinderella Man, just because it's like, like a, a, a very very good comeback story of like a guy KJ Braddock had, yeah. had no reason to be doing what he was doing, and he was also a guy from New Jersey that would punch people in the face and say "Welcome to New York," which is essentially <laughs> what I attempt to do. <laughs> JJ Braddock, Kirk Hamilton, it's pretty much the same person in my book. That's a great that's a great uh answer. It's funny because like the last five guys all said remember the Titans. I'm like, that's a that's a kind of group think I didn't think would happen. But you know, um I love I love the Cinderella Man movie. Um there's actually I was explaining to my wife a scene in there, you know, Paul Giamatti plays the manager. And Renee Zellweger plays um, JJ Braddock's wife, and she's mad when he yep. when the manager takes the fight because she thinks you know he's making all this money, and she goes to his fancy apartment, and then when she goes into the apartment, she realizes they have no furniture because yep. they don't have any money either, and they took the fight because her husband wanted to take it, not because they were trying to be greedy, which is something I'm a you know cinephile. I I, I love movies, so it's just something that always yep, stuck I'm a big with movie me guy too. Well, okay, so what's your favorite movie overall? Uh, that one I don't know if I can actually pick. Um, okay, then top top three. If you can do the top, the, if you had to only watch three movies for the rest of your life. Okay, uh, Sinister would have to be up there because I'm a I'm a big horror movie guy. Uh, Scream would have to go up there just because that's a classic. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, to me, what Scream did for the horror movie genre and, and taking like the, the the boogeyman type characters and putting them like very much in your neighborhood was something that mm-hmm. movie wise, like no one was doing that at that point. It was always like Mike Myers or some guy that you could shoot in the head six times and he's going to yeah. walk slowly and catch you somehow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You still owe me one. What's the third one? All right. Uh, and then a third one would probably be that's my boy. It's a great, hilarious really? movie. I don't think I've seen that. Which one's that? No, I don't think so. It's it's with uh, Adam Sandler and Andy Samberg. Where oh it's, yes, it's super yes. inappropriate. Yes, where, <laughs> where Adam Adam Sandler was like a in a boy band or something, and then or, or he had like and then no, he, so he wasn't he wasn't a boy band. He was just like he grew up in that era, and yeah. when he was in like the fourth grade or something like that, he oh, ended up yes. getting his teacher pregnant. Yes, and yes, like and then and coming Andy back into touch the with kid. his kid yes. as yeah. Yes. It's amazing. Uh, okay, now it's amazing. I remember. <laughs> oh man. Okay, like Vanilla now, Ice okay. is in the movie with Todd Bridges. Like it's it's an amazing <laughs> film. <laughs> I do remember now that you now that yes, now I do remember that movie. And um uh, Adam Sandler just came out with a new movie that he produced with David Spade. Um it's called The Other Kim, I think. The uh, the other Kim. And it's about uh, David Spade meets a woman in an airport. He meets two women in an airport. They're both named Kim. Um, he goes on his business retreat and he invites, you know, the hot looking one. And obviously he sends a, the text message to the wrong Kim. Yada, yada, yada. He ends up eventually falls in love with her. But it was actually a funny Adam Sandler type movie, but it wasn't too cheesy. And for, you know, for it to be on Netflix and you didn't have to pay anything extra, it was definitely worth it. So check that out. I'm sure I'll get some credit, you know, some ad- advertising money from that. Um, <laughs> did you see Hidden Gems? Yes, I did. That was a great movie. So it was, good. It was yeah. so good. I did not. I so was, good. I kept waiting for him to be funny. It was like, okay, no, this is never no. coming. Like, this is just he a was, really good movie. Yeah, he was really good in it. Um, he, I, you know, he was. 
I could see him doing serious roles. Like I, everybody talks about his comedy, but I mean, he is that type of guy. If you put him in a serious role, he, he can deliver. Yeah. So I wasn't, he I wasn't was really surprised. Good the cobbler too. Yeah. I was a really good one too. And I wasn't necessarily surprised as everybody else. Cause I just, he's one of those guys that seems eclectic. Um, the big guy, if I can watch one movie in perpetuity, it would be jaws. Um, my family has an, an unhealthy relationship with watching that movie. We don't know Spanish, but we watch it in Spanish if we have to. Um, we we have we have That's El Tiburon. Yeah, but we know every line that you you can say in Spanish. We're just gonna back talk it in English. It's kind of sad. We know the lines that they added in in the 25th anniversary edition when they came out with the new DVD. I mean, it's 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 unhealthy. <laughs> My relationship with that movie. But listen, those top three, and it's it's funny you mentioned Scream because you're right. You know, the original slasher flicks from the 70s were great. And then by the time it got through the 80s where you had, you know, Freddy Krueger in space, it was kind of just too far gone. And Scream kind of roped that back in. And then you had Scream. Then you had uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer. Then you had all those movies kind of come back in the fold. And the whole Scream franchise is a great movie. I love David. A great set of movies. Love David Arquette and Courtney Cox in them, too. Um so my last Neff Campbell fan as a youngster. Neff Campbell, yeah, she's great. Um, <laughs> scream, uh, and that that first scene with Drew Barrymore that kind of brought Drew Barrymore back in the movies, you know, from when she was a well, kid. Well, even that whole scene in general, like that 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 was a reason to fall in love with the movie in the yeah. first place. Was when they were doing all the promo for the movie at the time. Like Drew Barrymore was all over the place. Like you would have thought she was like a core character through the entire movie. And then you pay for a ticket and go to the movie theater. Bang, first five minutes. And and everybody was the scream guy that year for Halloween. I mean, yep. everybody was. I mean, that that it was like who didn't? Ha- it was like a bunch of you know seventeen, uh, seventeen, seventeen different types of kids, all at the age of twelve, wearing scream masks and having that fake knife with the fake blood on it. Yep. Oh man, that brings <laughs> me back. Holy crap! Um, so my last question for you is uh, another cheese ball one. Um, if you couldn't play professional rugby what other what other professional sport would you want to play specifically a sport hmm that's a good question like i feel like the the layup answer would be football but i don't feel like i would want to play professional football because i feel like the as far as sports are concerned like football per athlete they probably sell their body at like a higher rate per hour than a <laughs> yeah. lot of other sports. Um, so that's a good question. I would honestly probably do something like really like chilled out, like bowling, ping pong. Yeah. Uh, I'm terrible at golf. So probably, probably not golf. First time I tried to go to a driving range, I took the nicest looking driver they had and just whacked, just drove Ooh. it straight into the ground and snapped it in half. And just Ooh. walked away and act like I didn't do anything. So don't golf too much. Uh, <laughs> That's great. Um, I don't know. I guess like, I probably would, off of loves of sports, I would probably pick basketball. But I'm too short. I would just get dunked on all the time. So Muggsy Bogues is short too. I'm just saying. Yeah, Muggsy but he could short. he could still dunk though. It's I got, That's I got true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had he had a friggin' vertical. That's the that people yeah. are like, oh, Muggsy but he could get up there. I mean, I could, you know. Yeah. Luckily, if I get three inches but off the ground, my, another dude, was like tiny, thing. I just get way up there. Same, yep, absolutely. Um, Kurt, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, you're you were a great guest. Your answers were amazing. 
Um, you got we got in depth with some stuff. We got in depth with with your love of of horror movies, which had I known before, I would have teed up some more questions. Because um, <laughs> I, I, I could just dive, I could just dive into that, and, and oh, I love it. Um, thank you so much for being on. Uh, we I truly appreciate it. I hope you had fun. No, thanks for having me. No, I definitely awesome. did. Definitely, definitely had fun. Enjoyed this a lot. Awesome. Thank you so much again for being on. And Rooster Boosters, um, uh, thank you guys for watching and listening. We're going to put this out on the YouTube channel and the podcast. Please hit that little subscribe button on the YouTube. Um, you can download the podcast, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. <laughs> so you can catch Rooster all the back episodes of Rooster Booster Time. I'm, I'm trying to be everywhere. I'm trying to be accessible. I know people you know, are still going to work, and if they're driving, they can't watch a YouTube video and drive. That's not safe. Yeah. Um, so plug, you know, plug, plug, your, plug your phone in, hit up that Apple podcast, and listen to my annoying voice on your uh, morning commute. So uh, Rooster Boosters, this is the end of Rooster Booster Time, and I'll catch you all next week.